0: This is the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast. I'm Day. The mayor of New York City, the Pulse of the Nation, has a podcast. The only person listening to it is a dog walker in Queens named Dave. If this is your first time listening, it's great to have you here. You maybe listen to some early episodes before this one so you can get a feel for it, or or listen to them all in order to get a true understanding of how weird the mayor is. Or not. Do whatever feels best for you. Today, I'm talking about the 14th episode of Mayor Eric Adams' podcast, the Get Stuff Done cast, titled S1E14, Launching America's Largest Outdoor Dining Program, released August 18th, 2023. The mayor has on city council member Marjorie Velazquez from District 13 in the Bronx, Omar Canales, the operations manager of Seis Venisos Restaurant in the Bronx, and NYC's chief public realm officer, ya ting lu who are all there to discuss a new bill to codify outdoor dining in nyc having a public realm officer is apparently a hot new thing in cities it's uh, to put a point person in charge of coordinating positive change to public spaces which are also often under the purview of multiple overlapping agencies And it's often unclear how to get them all on board with a change or who should be in charge of overseeing that change. But it also just kind of sounds like a job that someone would have in like a depressing episode of Adventure Time, where Finn and Jake wind up in a really neat fantasy kingdom, but they're forced to get work in the -the behind-the-scenes bureaucracy, which is kind of like, you know, it's a pretty good description of New York City government now that I think about it. Adams just created this position in New York City for the first time in February of 2023. Lou is the first to hold it. Uh, she's been a public transit ad- advocate and seems to have a pretty cool history of public advocacy. I say all that because I hit pause and did a bunch of research when the episode began. Maybe I'm being unfair and giving into to my doubt that Adams will provide that information in a clear and digestible manner. But I've been listening to this podcast for a while now. Adams begins by setting the stage. During the pandemic, outdoor dining exploded in NYC for fairly obvious reasons, and the city created a program to let restaurants put outdoor dining sheds up, often in the streets, since sidewalk, since sidewalk space is a premium. And, and this was a truly good thing. It was also a little Wild West. It probably saved like 100,000 jobs. But some sheds fell into disrepair and became blights when the restaurants associated with them went out of business. Others, you know, somewhat overstepped their mandates and sort of took over spaces that they probably didn't have the right to have. Some of them caused daylighting problems for pedestrians at corners or block storm drains and caused small floods of gross street water when it rains. It is both true that these sheds were great. I eat in them all the time. And they've been up for a long time now, and a lot of them are showing a significant amount of wear. So, you know, going back and putting together a long-term series of regulations to govern sheds uh, moving forward makes a ton of sense Uh, now that they're here, and we've seen what's working and what's not. And people clearly want these to continue, uh, you know, uh, as a part of the city. The devil is, of course, in the details, but I mostly raise this to say This is a podcast episode about just doing something common sense and relatively small, unless I'm missing something here. Typically doing something that tweaks the regulatory regime that oversees a previous administration's policy isn't a source of, you know, backpatting or spiked footballs, especially when we're a year and a half into an administration that has yet to announce a signature effort or major initiative. The mayor starts in talking about how he likes outdoor dining, the Parisian feel of it, but he wanted to know how to get it done correctly. He introduces the person he credits with getting this done right, city council member Marjorie Velasquez, as well as Omar Canales, who owns a restaurant that the mayor doesn't name, saying, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm going to let him say it because I'll butcher the name, and I kind of believe the mayor just doesn't know the name because he's had no problem winging it on pronunciation in the past. And then he introduces Lou, who I talked about above. The mayor looks around everyone who's here to talk about outdoor dining and asks, and asks them his usual first question, tell me about your journey, with the usual results that no one really says anything of substance because it's so open-ended and vague, and, and the thing about stupid questions also applies to vague ones. Omar was born in the Bronx to a Honduran dad, Ecuadorian mom. He opened Seis Venisos in the Bronx, which is not particularly difficult to pronounce. It's been... Open for 11 years the mayor asks about the pandemic obviously the pandemic was hard asking for help helped asking for help isn't a bad thing the mayor sometimes it feels like the mayor sees his role as almost like an oracle figure sort of a wise character with important pearls to impart every so often and also sometimes it feels like he just can't stop himself I guess I'm bringing it up here because I'm really not sure why you know, asking for help is a, isn't a bad thing, gets said to a restaurateur, a city council member, any member of his administration. It's not like the listening audience is here to hear it either. This isn't the Mayor's Advice for Living podcast. This is the podcast about getting stuff done. This episode, in particular, is supposed to be telling us New Yorkers about important changes to a dining initiative, and that's something I certainly care about. So could you just tell me the news, man? I, I can figure out my life on my own. What about you, councilwoman, yells the mayor. Her parents are Puerto Rican, came here during the 70s. Her parents were involved in community advocacy in the Bronx. The mayor graces us with the information that sometimes helping can feel small, but it's just as important to do the small thing. Helping doesn't need to be this big, gigantic thing. And this is more telling me stuff either I I know or I've died from being stupid, in which case I can't hear this podcast anyway. And what I want to hear is about outdoor dining. Uh, He tells Lou to tell him her journey. She was born in Taiwan, moved here when she was seven. Grandmother worked in sweatshops in Chinatown. She was the first in her family to go to college, went into public policy and urban planning. We're really excited about what you're going to bring to the city, the mayor tells her, and transition music plays. So I assume now we're, now that we're nine minutes into a 25-minute podcast and introductions are out of the way, we can talk about the changes that are coming to outdoor dining. Out of the transition, and whoops, I was wrong, because the mayor decides it's time to talk about the value of hard work. This, he says, is what devastates him about the migrant asylum issue that people who come here are told they can't work. The work authorization issue is a federal one, but also the city could probably just certify their own work permits and dare the feds to sue them. At any rate, I kind of feel like there's stuff going on with regards to migrants fleeing their countries of origin that's probably a bit more heartbreaking than their individual employment statuses. What we learn from migrants, says Adams, is how to turn pain into purpose. Darkness into a planting, he says. Out of all this darkness, an amazing thing grew called Outdoor Dining. How did it help you, he asks Omar. Well, it was very helpful during the pandemic. Omar tried to get an outdoor cafe license in 2018. It was expensive. They needed an attorney, a lot of red tape compliance with a lot of different departments, and ultimately they just didn't do it. But then COVID came. The restrictions were were relaxed to fast-track outdoor dining, and he got his outdoor cafe It was very helpful to have during social distancing, and he's looking forward to the rules being more accessible, understandable, and it being easy to comply with the new changes. The mayor says there's been a different standard historically for restaurants and services depending on what area of the city you live in, and that Manhattan has always been given the best stuff while the outer boroughs have suffered in some senses. He asks Velasquez to tell us why she wanted to take on this challenge. What is this? Is it an oral history of how outdoor dining rule changes were made? Is it an interview with three people involved in some fashion about how they came to make these changes and what they feel like the impact will be? Is it a chummy hangout between the Oracle interviewer and one of his employees and two people whose lives he can ruin if they upset him? I really don't understand what we're doing here 13 minutes in and no one has said what the rule changes are but I feel like Millhouse yelling get to the fireworks factory and bursting into tears. Velasquez answers him by saying she likes food. She's a foodie but also she didn't have a lot of outdoor dining opportunities in the Bronx. She wants to give people greater options to eat outdoors at their favorite restaurants, create jobs, give opportunities to the immunocompromised to avoid indoor dining for obvious reasons. She says that there are people upset on both sides and that's how she knows they've done a good job, but no one has defined the sides here, what they want or what any of us are getting. What are you changing about outdoor dining that's making both sides of this issue of outdoor dining so mad? Finally, 18 minutes in, Adams asks Lou for the ABCs of the bill and the new rules that are in place. Lou responds, that the next step is the rulemaking process where the city will propose and lay out a very clear set of guidelines. Listener, I tasted blood. She continued, the public will have the opportunity to provide feedback and comment on the proposed changes. I threw the phone I was listening to this on into the sea. I, I have no phone now. She goes on, We're about to embark on this transparent process. I bit a chunk out of my dining room table. She finishes up, once we finalize these rules, we'll open the outdoor dining application portal in 2024 and restaurants will be able to apply. And I am using a bone saw to cut off my own head. What the fuck was this? Have they not yet done the thing they're doing a podcast about doing? And it's not even that impressive. They keep mentioning outdoor cafes in Paris. And yes, having outdoor cafes in Paris is very nice. I've sat at them. Also, no one there is shrieking. This was so hard, thank God, for the minor tweaks to the application process. They just sit on a chair outside and have a glass of wine and some cheese. Lou says that one thing the mayor has been very clear about is that we need to center the experience of the end user. And as the end user of this incredibly useless fucking podcast, I have a whole lot of thoughts on that. How important is it for the process to be clear and respect your time, ask the mayor, evidently unaware that he's just spent 20 minutes being extremely unclear and wasting everyone's time. Omar responds "That's a, that it is, in fact, important. Wait, wait, wait. The council member says something. She just slides it in, you blink, and you miss it. The application is full year for sidewalk, eight months for curbside, she says. What that says to me, and I could be wrong about this, is that there actually are already some rules that must have passed the council that they're going to enforce, and that one of them is that curbside dining will have to involve much more temporary structures that can be taken down four months out of the year and, I guess, stored somewhere. That'll add a great deal of work putting up and taking down these structures. It'll require storage space that obviously cannot be in the same areas of the restaurant that, like, are used for food prep, which are most areas that aren't where you sit and eat. It'll kill most curbside dining, which is a lot of the outdoor dining that's available because sidewalks are narrow here. And then they're done. Fucking Christ, I hate this fucking podcast. (sighs) What did the very bad mayor do from July 31st, 2023, when his previous episode was released, until this one, which was released on August 18th? As always, I lean heavily on the reporting from the city and Hellgate, two absolute monsters of uh, vital reporting on local NYC issues, and you should absolutely support them. Uh, Links to their website are in the show notes. Well, a weird Twitch streamer promised his followers PlayStations if they came to Union Square, and a lot of them did, and then they got grumpy when there weren't PlayStations there. This led to the NYPD arriving in force and basically beating the hell out of some unruly PlayStation-less teens. Adams thanked the NYPD for their restraint. Adams's effort to switch 250,000 city employee retiree health plans from Medicare to a private Medicare Advantage plan was permanently struck down by a judge in Manhattan Supreme Court capable of looking at words on a contract and reading them. Politico reported that The Wednesday night charity food distributions that the mayor often takes part in, which we discussed in a previous episode that he was, you know, bragging about, are often disrupted by the mayor's presence. He's often late. He attracts protesters. There are people who refuse food if the mayor is offering it due to the mayor's anti-homeless policies. He also brings guests who sometimes seem to be doing this for Instagram clout. They take pictures and then bounce without actually helping. And he's brought in no city money for the organization responsible. Hellgate, the paper I keep telling you to subscribe to, did some actual reporting on the bill that Adams and his guests were theoretically discussing during this episode. It did pass the city council. And while there will be, I guess, listening and design sessions, as they discussed on the episode, it does have some specific rules. No curbside dining during winter months, which must be the eight months on, four months off thing fees for restaurants that want to, that want licenses to do curbside or sidewalk dining veto power by the landmarks preservation commission if the pro, if the proposed dining will happen in a historic district which covers a huge amount of the city and guidelines that will probably get rid of the ability to heat structures when it's cold or keep diners dry when it's raining apparently restaurant owners are really pissed and it's weird that the one restaurant owner Adams had on didn't have anything to say about this. My guess is that this is why Lou responded to his question about the specifics of the bill with vagaries about the process moving forward. As the public realm officer, her job is not to champion the bill, but to work with the public on the changes to public space. In other words, the mayor asked the wrong person, the council member who wrote the bill, then shotgunned in a few of the changes. But again, they went by quick, and it was practically impossible to parse. A reasonable solution would have been to go back 30 seconds, edit the confusion out, and re-record. But someone would have had to have been there who, who was able to suggest it to the mayor that they should, you know, redo the take with him asking the person who actually wrote the bill what it did. And apparently there was nobody in the room who could do such a thing. The city, the paper I keep telling you to subscribe to, discovered that at least 127 donations to Adams' campaign were fraudulent, and due to the city's public matching fund for small donors, these small donors brought in over $200,000 of public money to Adams's campaign. Fortunately for Adams, this was the last time any shadiness with campaign donations were discovered. One other note from the future. Velasquez lost her reelection campaign in November of this year handing a Republican from the Bronx a city council seat for the first time since the 80s, if I uh, read that right. This appears to have had nothing to do with outdoor dining. It'd honestly be insane if it did. But her loss does have some overlap. Velasquez lost, evidently, because she supported building housing in her district, which is a relatively well-off district in the Bronx. A lot of the pushback that outdoor dining has received has also been of the nimby-ish you're you're going to inconvenience me by taking free public parking spaces away or really in any way at all for a public good variety. I didn't follow her election carefully so I don't really know how she did at messaging but I guess I'd say that in general the Democratic Party seems to keep getting tripped up by the idea that people need to get sold on things and other people will try to undermine them. So you need to be convincing in your messaging. It seems to keep surprising them, which is weird, particularly since they pay so much for messaging consultants. At any rate, if you like this, thought it was interesting, want to hear more, the best way to make sure you do so is to hit subscribe on whatever or app you're using to hear my voice right now. The best way to let other people know about this podcast is to tell a friend or enemy about it. But I refuse to believe that liking it does anything and reviewing it will just take up moments of your life. You could be telling a friend or, I don't know, watching Blade again since it's been years since you saw Blade and Blade whips. Transcripts of this show are available at stuffstuffcastcast.wixsite.com slash stufftranscripts. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at stuffstuffcastcast at gmail.com. As always, my thanks to my friend John Coyne whose help on this podcast has been invaluable. And I'll see you next time.